What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Leverage Talk podcast. I am your host, Dr. Brian. Hopefully, you're doing absolutely amazing today. Whether you were a new listener, a new subscriber, however you found us, if someone referred you, you found by Google searching, maybe our SEO is working. I'm not sure. But um, (laughs) if you are an OG, someone that has been here from the beginning, we are on mile marker almost number five when we launched this podcast Um, It has gone through an evolution, all puns intended. Uh, The first episode uh, was just me in the car just talking, and it was just so beautiful how we've expanded into this whole concept of leverage. But we started from the ground up, um, and it was truly an evolution. And our our podcast, if you go back and listen to a couple episodes previously, you will see where that shift and that change came about. Our first podcast name was the Evolve You podcast. And we still have that concept, how you're evolving into the best version of yourself here on this podcast. We've just leveled it up a little bit. Uh, But um, on this particular episode, I I want to talk about uh, this highly asked question as of late, um, going into this short-term rental conversation, uh, STRs. For some of you, you may call it Airbnb, but the overarching theme um, is short-term rentals. And I want to talk about it from our vantage point. Uh, Myself and my girlfriend, Ashton, are running this business at the time of this recording together. And we did that because uh, she does have expertise um, as a real estate agent. So it, it worked in synergy together to partner up on this particular business because she was able to acquire the properties or help us acquire the properties by being the agent. And then also her getting a little kickback as well for some of the properties. So it worked in her favor, but it also helped me out because some of the things in this particular business model, I just don't like doing. Okay. I I love business. I love people. I love the, the, the back end of things. I love building and and growing and looking at the numbers and seeing how, you know, this model is actually operating as a business, not just a hobby, right? So um, we've partnered well together on this particular business model and it has been pretty successful up to this point. Uh, we're going to knock on wood on that, that we keep growing and we keep scaling. But I, I wanted to open this conversation up, not from a high level expert perspective, not from a um, hey, I have 50 plus properties uh, yet. <laughs> But, uh, you know, what would it look like for someone to kind of walk you through the journey um, from from a starting position? Okay, at the time of this recording, uh, you should be listening to this somewhere if you're listening to it at the time of the release, somewhere around early November. um, And, you know, we have reached our kind of three month mark. Okay, now this business model has always in the back of my mind, has always been in the back of my mind. Um, if you weren't, if you listened to our previous episode around Turo, which is the kind of Airbnb for cars, um, we're renting out vehicles on a platform and we're able to pay off the note or either, you know, have profitability on those cars each month. So this model is seeming to become more, um, uh, (laughs) I guess apparent for some as, as possible for them right? Like how in the world can I do this? It seems like everyone is doing it. Is this something that I could do? Like, what would that look like to start? And I wanted to make this episode about that. How in the world we we started this uh, from a very beginner standpoint, you're not going to get all the goods and everything on this episode, uh, but we're going to give you as much as possible. And I'm probably going to have my girlfriend on uh, very soon so we can talk from both vantage points, from her vantage point, 
Um, she took over the acquisition of the properties, um, calling them, uh, seeing which ones would allow it underneath our business. And then also I kind of gave her the reins on the interior design. So she interior designed both of our properties and I've kind of been more of the operations. Okay. So once we launched them, um, I've been kind of more of the community management, uh, looking at how we're getting the reviews, following up, making sure the guests are, are getting prompt communication, making sure we're, we're doing everything on the operational side. So um, as it looks, it actually, the experience is, is top-notch five-star as well, right? So let's, let's get rolling here. Let's get rolling. So I like to break these these things up in parts. The first piece is is the business model, right? What is, what is the business model? When you're asking yourself, do you want to go into this particular arena? You have to know what 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 field you're playing on, right? What game you're playing, and that is what I researched prior to launching this. So a lot of these businesses that people see myself start. Um, or maybe even others that you watch is like, how in the world are they so successful so early? Like, it seems like it just comes natural to them. Like they have no hiccups, no nothing. They like knew how to solve every single problem. And, you know, it, it, it <laughs> I'm glad it looks like that, but really what that's a, uh, um, a testament to is the market research prior to actually executing uh, in the game, right? The practice before the game. So what most people do, and if you're listening to this and you're a kind of a, a, a quick starter, you like to jump in head first, that kind of person, which I am as well. I like to really just get into the weeds and start doing things and start doing things. But I've learned over my tenure in entrepreneurship, which is for some who are ever wondering, it's, it's about six years at the time of this recording. So about five and a half going on six years um, as a full kind of operational full-time entrepreneur. Now, my primary practice for those that are new to this podcast or new to myself is a intellectual property business, right? I, my breadwinner that kind of pays all the bills, does everything, the most highly profitable is my intellectual property, right? Coaching, consulting, speaking, courses, um, eBooks, um, books, whatever it might be. Those are the, those are the primary things that I'm doing day to day. Now, all these other businesses are allowing me to have either passive income streams, allowing me really to use these businesses as case studies to free up my time so I can do things like this. So I'm not always chasing another person or chasing another client or pushing people towards it. I can, you know, give some game for free, right? So that's what these businesses allow me to do. And as we scale them, you know, things may shift a little bit here or there. And they have over the past year where my time has become more valuable because I'm acquiring new skill sets, right? And some of you that are listening to this have experienced that. Now, going back to the order of this for my type A people that like, you know, structured notes or structured ways of thinking like myself, the first is the market research. So what game are you playing? The game that we're playing is technically in the real estate market, but really what you'll hear in this market is that you're playing in the game of hospitality, okay? You're playing in the game of hospitality. You're not really playing in the game of real estate for short-term rentals, okay? Now, it depends on what type of short-term rental business that you're going after, right? So that leads us to the next piece, which is the acquiring, the acquisition of the, the, the product that you're going to be quote unquote selling uh, the actual property, right? So you have to decide, you know, what type of short-term rental that you actually want, 
right? Do you want to serve a certain market? So what you'll hear in the marketplace and what everyone's doing or trying to do is, you know, <laughs> I want to service traveling nurses. I'm like, that's great. Okay. Everyone wants to serve traveling nurses, which shout out to my traveling nurses and all my nurses and all my health, my fellow healthcare practitioners. If you did not know the doctorate is a real doctorate, it's a doctorate in pharmacy. Okay. So, um, I, I was in the field. I, I I know what my healthcare practitioners are going through, and and I, I still salute them for being still in the field doing um, that good work. And we're here serving on the other side, trying to get people to understand how they can, you know, lean into their zone of genius or or open up their minds expansively to other opportunities in life. Now, we have the market research. Second piece, we have the acquisition. Now, in the acquisition, you have to decide, well, do I want to purchase the property or do I want to rental arbitrage the property? Now, since these models are still fairly new concepts to a lot of people, many people are familiar with Airbnb, right? I want to run an Airbnb business. Now, I mentioned and I kind of alluded to it earlier that the market or the game that we're playing is in short-term rentals, okay? Now, short-term rentals classification would anywhere be between, you know, you have one night to two nights or upwards of maybe 30 days, okay? Now, you may have other thought leaders that expand that into a quarter. So you may have a short-term rental that may be upwards of a quarter and more long-term rentals you'll hear in different veins as well, such as long-term tenants would be a, a tenant over the course of a year time span, which most people, most OG real estate investors or landlords are familiar with. Hey, your, your lease is going to be for a full year and nothing less, right? Unless I am going to uh, charge you more because you're going to stay a short term, right? So the short-term rentals, are you going to purchase the property or are you going to rental arbitrage? Now, purchasing the property is, you know, I'm not going to, this isn't a real estate investing episode, but there is been, there are benefits to that, right? The benefits or the upside is that you own the property and you could, depending on the market that we're in and you purchase at the right price and, and get in the deal the correct way, you could have equity in that and you own land, you own property. So that is a upside to it. Now, what you'll hear from many is that a downside, and, and you could you know, look at downside however you want to, is that you're gonna have to come up with, obviously, depending on how you acquire that property, a lot of upfront capital, right? So either it's gonna be a down payment or you're going to have to renovate it, or there's gonna be, have to be some fixes, some, um, some HOA fees, wh whatever it might be as a part of that acquisition and purchasing that property, right? So that could be pretty costly for some, right? Whether they can get a home, whether they can qualify for a home, there's just so many factors in play. Now, if you own a primary property already and you're into the real estate investing game, then you might lean into that more. Now, what, what many are kind of looking at, which is what we're operating right now, and I will tell you our goals. Our goal right now is, is to operate in the rental arbitrage market and I'll explain what that is right now. And then, and then have that profit be stacked up to acquire properties, right? Purchasing properties. That is a long-term game, right? To own real estate, to own land, but you can have a means to an end. Everything that you're doing can compound and, and stack on top of each other to, to get to your ultimate maybe end goal, okay? 
Now, rental arbitrage essentially is that you are acquiring the property, you're renting from a landlord or a, uh, a property management company, and you are renting that unit, you are renting that property, and in the clause or in the, the terms and conditions, you are allowed to rent it out on a short-term rental platform. And those platforms are booking.com, VRBO, and everyone's uh, overarching theme is Airbnb, right? So that is the model that we are operating under now, right? Now, if you choose one of those two routes, do you want to go A, do you want to go B, right? And then you can kind of branch off from there. Do you want to go, if it's B, which we'll talk about now, which is the rental arbitrage method, do you want a rental arbitrage from a landlord? Meaning, do you want to do single family homes? Do you want to do townhomes? Do you want to do um, small multifamily apart, uh, complexes, maybe 20 units or less? I'm not sure where you want to go. Do you want to do big property management uh, apartment complexes, you know, 80, 100 plus units? Um, what, what does that look like for you? And we choose which one we may want to lean into because we are getting into uh, uh, building a portfolio, right? So the ones that we leaned into were more of the multi, the, the large multifamily apartment complexes, the luxury, I'm going to put quotes, you can't see right now, I'm putting quotes, the luxury apartment complexes, right? So that is the market that we leaned into first. Now, that is not to say that we won't maybe lean into single family homes or we may not lean into townhomes, you know, three bedroom, four bedroom properties, things like that, that we can um, call landlords or call homeowners, uh, investors that have maybe a rental property that can't keep long-term tenants. We might incentivize them on paying them maybe 10% more of their rent in order for us to step in and rent the property out on a short-term rental platform, right? So that is the upside of um, the rental arbitrage method is that really it doesn't require a whole lot of upfront capital. It requires the right conversations, the right deal structures, and we can get in potentially with nothing down, right? If we're negotiating either first months free or we're prorating the fee, whatever we're doing, um, to kind of get in the property as an incentivization for the landlord or the property, right? The property management company. So that those are the two things. So again, we've got the market research, right? What is the game that we're playing, right? Understanding that game, getting a game plan in order. Do we want to play that game? Cool, we want to play the game. Now, how do we want to play it? What players do we want to select as a part of our team? Do we want to go and acquire it, purchase property right now? Or can we get into something by protecting our cash and get into it maybe a little bit quicker and be um, more highly profitable up front, right? So, and just to be frank with you, it, it the management of it as well, right? So the difference in managing potentially a, a single family home that has three bedrooms, two baths versus a one bedroom apartment is a little bit easier on the management side in turning the property and maybe even the profit margins, but potentially um, how many people are staying in there, managing the ins and outs of the people that are in there. It's just, uh, we know the woes if you've stayed in Airbnb or you heard the Airbnb stories, it's, you know, we've had the, maybe the houses that you've rented with three, four, five, ten 10 people, that kind of thing. And it gets a bad rap, right? So we want to, mitigate our risk, but also maximize our, our 
our opportunity on profit very early, right? So that being said, we went into the acquisition of rental properties from large multifamily apartment complexes, right? So Ashton, again, as a reminder, she's the real estate agent. She calls the properties. She makes a list. And to be very frank, she called about 25, 30 properties. And we got, we got down underneath 10 that we were able to kind of have conversations with. And through those conversations, we wanted to do it legitimately as best as possible through our business, right? And the business that I have is called Zyre Investments, LLC. I have some uh, sub uh, DBAs underneath that, Zyre Rentals and Zyre Spaces. So this is operating under Zyre Spaces, okay? And we are going in looking to acquire a corporate leasing agreement. Now that corporate leasing agreement is forefront and we are explaining that, hey, we do have clients that come into town. We are, we do have other businesses and we're serving a certain clientele that are attracted to us and we would like for them a place to stay in Dallas, Texas, right? So that is, that is the, the simplicity of it. Now there's more complex or back and forth. You're, you're getting the, the pushback. Maybe we don't do Airbnb, you know, that kind of thing which again, not going into the depths of that, but this is the process. We do the market research. We're seeing if it's a good market in Dallas, Texas. Is it being rented? What are, what, how much are in certain areas of, of the DFW area um, would be attractive to people looking for Airbnbs? What hotels are around uh, the units that we're potentially acquiring? Because if we're comparing, you know, someone staying in a hotel versus looking for Airbnb, we got to understand that market. Um, so this is, all the market research is going into that now that we know we're just going after the units in these areas and we're looking for typically first floor units because we're also looking for access right how would the experience be to access how easy is it to access especially if it's in a huge apartment complex um is it better or more open to have it on the first floor and that has proven to be true for one of our properties now the other one it is in a high-rise building so but there is elevators and things but accessibility right what does that look like for if you know our our cleaning crew or for us or anyone to to access the property very simplistically right so we did look into that we're typically looking for first floor units if possible um, and if they're facing outwardly, we are able to automate that a little bit better because we're able to, um, you know, hang lock boxes and do other access keys um, on the outer doors. And that is essentially our, our model, right? What we're looking for in our acquisition process. Okay. So we've got market research, we've got acquisition, now we've got operations. Okay. The, the whole goal of this is to be profitable, right? So we acquire the units with 0% interest business credit cards. And if you go back and listen to the business credit piece, that was a huge piece that I, I discussed is that if you have leverage with other people's money, and if you're not too familiar with 0% interest business credit cards or how to acquire that, we do have a new ebook you can check down below. Um, I'm not sure at the time of this recording that it may be on Amazon or it may just be directly through our website, but right now you can uh, get it uh, through an ebook. So if it does change, uh, we'll try to change the links on there. But other than that, uh, thank you so much for the support on that. It's been very highly received. So check that down below in the show notes. We've got an ebook on how to acquire 0% interest business credit, okay? We acquire these through 0% interest business credit cards. That means that we can pay for all the, uh, the rents, right? And we can pay the rent with a, a credit card. We can also go and furnish the property, right? So we can go out, get all the furniture, everything that we need, and we can use the 0% interest business credit card. Why is that important? Because on a 0% interest business credit card, 
if necessary, right? Personal credit is completely different than business credit and how we, we, we leverage it and how we use it, right? Personal credit, we're looking to pay everything off in full, everything, you know, directly off, keep your, your utilization either 0% or less than five, right? And that is our, our rule of thumb. Now, 0% interest business credit cards, we can hold a balance if necessary. So if it costs five grand to not only acquire the unit, but also to furnish it all in, right? Then we can use that five grand on a 0% interest business credit card. And we've got potentially 12 months, so a full year to pay that off, right? So we don't have to come out of pocket or out of our, our, our budget or, or uh, bank account um, directly right away right? We can kind of set up our payment plan, or if we decide to, we can pay it right off. So it is a very useful tool because people are always hesitant. And what's the biggest barrier in starting a lot of things is money, right? I don't have the money to start. I don't have the money. I don't have money. Or it's taking away from your bill money, right? So that's the difference in how we're operating this is we're operating legitimately as a business, okay? So We've acquired it. Now we've got the operations. So now operating it. Okay. This can be a whole segment of its own, but in short, we, there's two things that we would have done differently. Okay. One thing we would have got the basic necessities up and ready to go just to take the pictures and going ahead and posting the pictures and listing the property and then not allowing the property to be booked until about two to three weeks um, ahead of time, right? So that means that we had about two to three weeks to get everything else kind of looking good and furnished and all the little nitpicky little things that we wanted to add in, but it can go ahead and start getting booked, right? What we did when we started, and I'm glad that we learned this lesson ourselves versus kind of having little everything, because if we're waiting, then we're losing opportunities on bookings, right? So we waited to get everything up and then we, we launched and we got a booking right away, right? That's great. But if we would have had, you know, a month prior, if we would have just posted the basic necessities so that we had the living room up and ready, we had the bedroom up and ready, we had the, um, the uh, bathroom and all the little angles that we could have taken pictures that people cared about, right? We could have added the little uh, soaps and everything that, you know, we could have added that later. Right. And that's not a hard thing to add. And that's just from our experience. So we would have gone ahead and listed the property about a month prior, um, and going ahead and let it being booked. Right. So we can go ahead and get, uh, bookings right away. Right. So that's one thing that we would have done differently, which is what we're planning to do on our next acquisitions is we already have everything saved in our Amazon cart. We have, um, you know, list already built from our other properties. We have the normal necessities, our bed, bed frame that we use, um, the, the pillows that we bought, the iron that we bought, like everything, all the, the TV that we bought, we already have those basic necessities and the little things that we probably have to, you know, pick up would be like maybe a couch, right? Some, some chairs that make the property look unique, but, and themed based on how we want to theme it. But other than that, um, that's one thing that we would have just done differently. Everything else to be point blank with you has gone absolutely amazing. We've been booked 80 to 100% of the time. One of our units, it has been 30 day booked. So we had a seven day booking and then we had one 30 day and another 30 day back to back, right? So that doesn't surprise us for that property because it's kind of 
outside of the Dallas Fort Worth city center. It's about 15 minutes outside of the, of the city of Dallas. Um, and our high rise property is in the city of Dallas. So we expected that to be kind of weekend bookings, um, three to five days, maybe it's, it's worked out that way. Right. So we have a blend of both to test, you know, how these units are operating based on where they're located. And both of them have been absolutely wonderful. The, the unit downtown, we've had to turn a little bit more because three to four day bookings, right? Two to three day weekend bookings, things like that. So we have to go in and turn that a little bit more. But the other property, we've turned it four times total, right? Because we've had about four renters in there. Um, one was about a week and then we've had another one that was a short term. And then I think we've, we've had one, we, again, we've had a 30 day and another 30 day, right? It's about four people. So we haven't really had to turn that very often, but we are checking in on those guests to make sure they have everything they need. Um, and just staying in communication to make sure their stay is amazing. Okay. So that is, is the gist of the short-term rental market and how, if you were to start the basic necessities to think about. Now it gets more nitty gritty into all the operational tools and things of that sort um, to kind of throw them out. We use Hospitable to manage the properties. Hospitable is a management software to where you can connect um, all of your properties that you have. If you hire a cleaner, a cleaner or if you have BAs or um, managers or you hire people, you have a bigger portfolio, which we're planning on having. So we're already getting all these things in place. We can automate tasks and automate the messages that are going out to our guests. So if you already have some Airbnb units and you're listening to this or short-term rental units, um, you may use a different software, but it is amazing to already have, you know, the first day they check in, how in the world are they doing, checking in on them, do they need anything, um, three days prior to them getting there, you know, sending them a message of all the instructions, how to access it, everything. And it's been amazing. I, I've truly enjoyed this business model and I'm glad that I operated Turo first because it cost me no money to get into Turo, right? I acquired all the, pro all the, all the, all the vehicles with no money down, business auto loan, doesn't report to my personal credit. And I was able to put the vehicle on the platform the next day with no money down, right? I love that that start because it, I also could sell the vehicle next day, right? With short-term rentals, you're stuck, not stuck, but you are required for a lease to be in it for maybe 12 to 14 to 13 months. With a car, you could operate it for a month and say, mm, I don't really like this. You can go sell the car, right? So it's, it's a completely different model. One is stationary, one is mobile, one doesn't require a lot of money up front, another one kind of requires some money. So uh, I think it's it's all based on, you know, where you live, first of all, your market, how much you can handle, how much time you have, and what your goals are, right? Is it to help you with personal bills? Is it to be a full business? Is it to have a whole portfolio of 10 plus units? Is it do you have a whole fleet of cars? Like what's the end all be all, right? And that's why I'm a huge advocate of teaching, you know, my clients and the thought leaders inside of our leverage community, our leverage mentorship, our masterminds, our high level coaching programs is that how in the world do you create the right market analysis? How do you analyze the game before you jump into the game to see what's the purpose of jumping into this game, right? Am I going to retire from this game? 
right? Am I going to have a full tenure or am I going to step into it, make my money, get out and move on right to another career, right? And sorry for the football references. I mean, I, I'm just in the season right now <laughs> or, or the other sports references. So for my non-sports people, I apologize, but you get the drift, right? So hopefully that helps any of you out that have been asking for this particular episode. We'll be expanding upon this, take you along our journey and kind of give you a, a, a run of the mill where we are. We have done about thirteen dollars to $14,000 gross revenue in about two months with two units. So I say that to say, and just being very transparent about, you know, letting people know how this business could be profitable for them or if it's worth it for them and, you know, managing it the right way, pricing it the right way, um, add your cleaning fees the right way, like all these things to make it a profitable business is not just operating it as what the platform says to do, but you making it your own. All right. Um, looking forward to the journey to take you on and we'll be expanding upon various business models and how we're leveraging and maybe bringing on some of our clients and having conversations with them about what they're doing um, in their respective businesses. But until next time, thank you so much for listening to this extensive episode. Hopefully it served you well wherever you are in the world. Peace, love, and blessings to you. Talk to you next time.